following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. This is Forbes Under 30 on Podcast One. And I'm your host, Steve Goldblum. On the Forbes Under 30 podcast, we talk to young innovators, disruptors, and entrepreneurs. Sitting here with me right now is Aaron Robinson. Hi. And Jocelyn Davis. Hello. Uh, you're both producers and on-air talent at Clever yeah. with two Vs, which is an online media site that focuses on pop culture. And I'm excited that you're both here. It's a very intimate situation. It is very intimate. <laughs> it's and, all And happening. Laurel, it's, this is only our 20th episode, and she's still having to remind me to speak into the microphone. It's okay. Us Isn't too. Yeah. And we should just point out, when you came here, I was reading ads for the show and, and having difficulty <laughs> suppressing a nervous laughter while reading the ads. Well, us dancing outside the window probably did not help you. <laughs> that helped, actually, because when you see other people laugh, it's helped you don't laugh as much. But when you're laughing, and I have a problem with laughter, you can ask my girlfriend, you can ask anybody, I have a real problem with it. And I, when people are serious, that just makes the laughing Same. worse. Yeah. Same. Something yeah. bad happens yeah. and it's like, oh, stifling the laughter constantly. Yeah. It's a good characteristic to have, though. Everybody needs a good person who can laugh in their life. So I think you should chalk it up to being an oh, asset. I laugh when I should cry. People are like, this guy has no soul. Yeah. Did you laugh during the notebook? Uh, I, I, yes, I did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I laughed all the way through the notebook. Um, so let's start with Jocelyn. Why don't you, can you tell me the, the basics, the like who, what, where, when, why sure, of Clever? Because sure you've been thing. there from the beginning. I have. So I've been at Clever since day one of video production, which, crazy enough, has been almost 10 years. And in the internet world, that might as well be a 1,000 years. So when I was hired at Clever, I was brought on as a host and a, a writer, pretty much producing some of the content also. But it was a very freelance gig. And this was before YouTube had even started its partner program. YouTube was awesome. The first videos I saw were like salad fingers. I remember obviously double rainbow. Like that was the iconic stuff on YouTube. So premium content wasn't a thing. I mean, just waiting for a video to load took two to three minutes. I wasn't really watching stuff online, but I thought, hey, this will be great for my reel. That's literally what I thought. We were working in a garage in West Covina where I would drive every other day to shoot eight to 10 news stories. And we really kind of noticed that there was this unserved demographic of young Hollywood and people wanting young entertainment news. If you think back 10 years ago, your traditional shows that were on television were definitely not covering people on the Disney Channel or people like, um, at the time, the equivalent of like Ariana Grande. And we really found our voice and our audience thanks to things like Twilight, 14-year-old Justin Bieber, Hannah Montana, and um, our audience just exploded. And we thought, hey, there's something here. The timing was impeccable. YouTube started the partner program, and that's when things really got rolling and Clever started growing as a business pretty rapidly. Flash forward to a few years later, we finally got our own studios in Hollywood, which was so exciting, started launching channels. We started, I think, five more channels in the next few years. And then we were acquired by Alloy Digital, which had also just acquired Smosh, which is another Mm -hmm. huge brand um, on YouTube and beyond. And then from there, about a year and a half after that, we merged with Break Media, 
and we became Defy. So that's sort right. of the short abridged story within that I feel like in the past almost 10 years. I have been at Clever that long, but the company it's has changed. Yeah. I don't feel like I've been at the same place for 10 years because mm-hmm. every year, every nine months, I feel like I'm working at a totally different place. And just to see how far digital has come from cat videos, which right. I still love, but to now being, you know, being able to watch movies online or, you know, YouTube Red, Hulu, it goes on and on. Yeah. It's so exciting and crazy and it, awesome. It's interesting to see the content shift from like accidental videos mm-hmm. to to videos that are that are much more curated and, and thoughtful. I and, mean not to mention like we're not in a garage anymore. We have air conditioning. Right. Like right. you gotta count all the blessings you can. Well Aaron, when did you j- come in? Yeah, I ca- I come into the story Denver? about five years ago. I came in as kind of the resident movies host at the time and producer. Um and I covered mostly movie content until maybe about three or so years ago and I kind of transitioned into general pop culture. And about a year later, a lot of our personality and lifestyle content took off. And so I've been integrated into that programming as well. So I've been there so long, they basically just tell me to do whatever they have, whatever need they have. They're like, Erin, can you do this? Go do that. Right. So, um, you know, like Jocelyn said, um, when I first started, I... I didn't think anybody would ever find out about me on the internet. Yeah. I thought I could do some really terrible interviews and like kind of work out the kinks and then go into tr- traditional media and get one of those TV jobs. Um, but as I did digital more and found that we had so much control and so much more freedom than I would have as a host in traditional media, I kind of didn't want to leave because I could not only write my own stories, I could produce them as well. I could host as well. Um, and I could develop new shows and spearhead those. And those are types of opportunities that you don't necessarily get as a host in traditional media. So digital is where I am and where I'm probably going to stay. Well, you, I mean, do you feel the same way that, 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 that Aaron does? Because you, you went in, like when we talked to your employer, when mm-hmm. you're your company, they're right. like, you came in as like, I think they described it as digital journalism entertainment space. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but, but mm-hmm. what did you want to do before that? Did you always right. want to do so, news? Like so many people that I've met along the way, I aspired to a career in hard news. And after I graduated from college, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do a homicide or a car chase every day. I really wanted to do more featureized stuff. But the jobs that I was getting offered as I sort of segued into a more lifestyle centric career were all digital because I was too green. I didn't understand the process. I had never been on an audition. I was like, what is this? I'm used to going to meetings with news people where you just discuss things and show your tape. So at the time, I was just really very green and I was getting these jobs in digital. But it was really early on for me personally that I knew I wanted to invest my career in the digital space. I describe it still, even though it is so much more organized at this point, I still describe it as the Wild West. There's still that feeling of, you know, you have an idea, you can go and make it tomorrow. And that's not always the case in our situation, which is great because we have so many more resources at stake. But um, I love being in digital. And I definitely recognized pretty early on that that's where I wanted to stay because yeah, you're not going to make as much money, but I think if you're looking at investing in the future of your mm-hmm. career, this is where it's at. And I think people recognize that now. We're seeing a lot of people from traditional trying to jump into our right. space or, or you know, looking to get jobs at our company or on our team. And um, it's been super interesting to be like, you want to work with us? Wow, thanks. That's awesome. And That's the reality cool. is, is too, um, we reach more people 
and, and on an episode of one of our shows than most traditional television shows. And so the exposure and the ability to grow our brand in a, in a massive way and have millions of people be tuning in to watch us, that's something that was super appealing to us, even though it didn't really pay that much at first. There is this instant measurability about like mm-hmm. the medium that you guys work on. You can see and people engage and give you ideas and suggestions on what to do. So who, who is the audience that you're reaching? What do you know about them? So our core demo at Clever specifically is really saturated 18 to 24 female. And we know that and we look at that and we definitely take that into consideration with all of our content. But it's really channel specific. So our news brand, for example, skews a little bit younger um, and some of our other channels skew a little more male. But generally speaking, when we're talking to our people, I always think college female. Mm-hmm. So we're right on the cusp of like millennials and then Gen Z. Gen Z, right. When, it's crazy. When you – we were talking about traditional media and when I think about traditional – like I've worked at – I still work with PBS. Oh, I read your bio. Mm. Okay. I liked it. Okay. Thank yes. you. <laughs> I, you know what? You followed me on Twitter. One of you. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably me. Yeah. I, I love stalking I people. That's perfect. This morning, no, no, no. Yeah. I, well, I like to be engaged. So the um, the but traditional media like there's a sense that you go into an edit room and you take the day and you go and then maybe later there's six people review it and then maybe it goes on TV and then you do the same thing the next day. But you're doing you, there's, so, there's so much immediacy to what you're doing and I wonder if you're ever exhausted <laughs> by the fact that people think like, hey, just go do it. You guys can do go downtown now and do a live stream and then we put it this and you're sharing so much and I wonder if you're ever exhausted because it is taxing so uh, you're making faces but tell me how do you it's feel it's true I feel we're like barely <laughs> alive <laughs> are we awake right now I'm not sure I do think we are digital media athletes I think that we have been pushed so hard because we do have entrepreneurial spirits like we want to own and we want to create and we want to build so to us this isn't like a clock in clock out job for us I'm constantly working even though I work for a brand I have so much ownership in the content that we do um we are really tired but honestly I feel when I'm at my tiredest, I kind of have to remind myself at all that we've accomplished and all that we continue to accomplish. And it really does motivate me in the, in the moments where I'm like, well, I wish I could get a couple of extra hours of sleep, but to be kind of a pioneer in this space on the edge of something that not a lot of people can do right now. Um, it's so exciting. I love waking up every day. Um, so I think if I were in any other industry, I would be like, no, I need, I need a new job, but because we're in digital and it does really excite me to be in this space, I'm like, work me to the bone you know it's been a lot of fun and taking a quick break to say that this show is brought to you by the business platinum card from american express however you move your business forward with business platinum it's not about where you are it's about where you want to take your business next and nothing helps you like the resources and know-how of the business platinum card backed by the service and security of american express you feel the same way i do and i think it is important as creators though to find boundaries because honestly how can you be expected to come up with the next big idea if you're not taking a moment to rest so and for me, consume content exactly mm-hmm. see what else is out see there See what else is out there because we are so ingrained in what it is that we're doing i do find that it's important for me personally to find time for myself and take time off and that has been one of the most challenging life lessons i've learned i have no boundaries and that's just because we're passionate about what we do this is fun and the team we work with 
is incredible. I mean, we're all actually real life friends. It's hard to make those boundaries when you're like, hey, I have an idea. You're texting late at night. What if we do this tomorrow? What mm-hmm. if we do this next week? Um, but I think it is important for our audience to realize that, like, yeah, you if you have an idea, you can go out there and do it. But you know what? It's not the glam life. It's really hard. Yeah. And you have to put the work in. Um but I enjoy doing all the stuff that leads up to what looks like the fun part, maybe more so than what looks like the fun part. The producing, yeah. I want to ask you a question, uh, which which is which is good because this is an interview show. Um, <laughs> You're killing it, by I, the thanks way. Thanks so much. <laughs> my, my question is, you know, I used to host this show for PBS where I was like running around on camp. It was called mm-hmm. Everything But The News and I was like really involved. We'd do these tricks and like everything and it was fun and then – I remember being in a meeting somewhere in D.C. and somebody was like, we're thinking of selling Dodge to, on the thing. And I was mm-hmm. like, great. And they're like, oh, don't say that in front of him. And I didn't own any of the content. And I mm-hmm. had so much of my personal – like I was using my real name. And I was and I was like, you know what? I'm not – and then I'm now I'm more careful about owning a lot of the video content that I produce. Uh-huh. And it, like it really lit a fire under me. When you talk about owning – the stuff that you're putting out there, do you own that content, the intellectual property? How no, does that work? No, we don't. Clever and Defy owns that that content. But, um, you know, we see it as like a huge opportunity for us to build our own kind of brand off of YouTube. I mean, we, we own our socials and things like that. So we still have a very personal, intimate way of engaging with our audience and building our brand outside of a clever video. So it's kind of like this uh, symbiotic relationship that we have. Um, and that's okay because, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes – what I would build for myself isn't something that I'd build for clever and I have the freedom to do that on my socials. Exactly. Totally agree. And on the real, there is absolutely no way we would be able to produce some of the incredible content we've been doing in the past couple of years. If a major sponsor did not come on board with hard, cold cash, Mm -hmm. that's just totally transparently true. And I think when you're talking about ownership, I do think it's very important for creators out there who want to get into being on camera and being producers to be actually getting that producer credit Mm -hmm. on paper. Mm -hmm. I think that's very important for someone who's just starting out on their career to make that a priority. So there's that level of ownership. And like Aaron said, you know, we're working for this amazing platform and creating all the content for it. Um, And that's a great launch pad and platform for us to go out and, you know, build things on our social media platforms that are for ourselves that we can own for so. example uh we were on season 28 of the amazing race yes the two you of both us. were on together yeah we okay. were on as a team and that opportunity kind season of 28 it's amazing yeah isn't, isn't that crazy? crazy they just uh greenlit for a 30th season so it's just been it's it's a wild show and i love it um but i was approached randomly at comic-con to be on the show i came back to our little headquarters at comic-con and i was like jocelyn would you want to go on the show with me and and it just so happened to have been a digital media season, although the casting director had no idea who I was at the time. And so um, because of you know us going together as a team and representing Clever on national television, that was an opportunity that Clever allowed us to have. Even though we were going to be gone for a month, we weren't able to shoot content and produce, which is pretty more like a huge chunk of the team. Um, they allowed us to go and do that. And that was definitely a great move for Clever, but it was a huge move for us as individuals too. So we've been able to carve out little portions of our career because Clever and Defy have been so generous in letting us explore, you know, outside of just YouTube. Right. Well, let's talk about the socials let's for a little do it. bit yeah. because I have it right here. Don't get competitive. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Jocelyn has 331 followers yes. on Instagram. 
Aaron, 331,000. Close 231,000. Exactly. Listen, this you, is a... you do not have a face for radio. Oh, thank you. You know what I mean? 
Um, thank you. We. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go gonna live do, as well. We'll do the ad. We'll do. The, this is very. I don't know how you guys do what you do. I'm <laughs> incredibly uncomfortable right now. Thing. What's your handle though? Let's get it out there. Well, my handle. I'm like uh, Steve Goldblum. Oh, Steve Goldblum, my name. Yeah, that's easy. my handle. It's very easy. You got very lucky. Listen, I want to tell you something. Steve Goldblum. Yeah, follow him. Look how cute he is. I have to tell you this, Aaron Jocelyn. We can keep recording. Okay, great. Okay. The most successful post that I put up, mm-hmm. and my girlfriend was furious about this, yes. but we'll get into that later. I Somebody took a video of me without them knowing I was eating a pint of ice cream. Oh, very relatable. Woman, uh, who I was friends with filmed me eating, and I was so upset. You could actually find it on my Instagram. I was so mad. I was starving, and I had to eat it, and my spoon broke in the like really hard pint of ice cream, and I was like holding the spoon together eating it, and it was so... <laughs> Relatable. It was. Why was and your girlfriend upset shut, about it? She felt I was being food shamed, and that if you did that, <laughs> if you did that to a woman, it wouldn't be. She didn't find it funny. Oh, that's uh, hilarious. Well, so, I would have yeah. found. I would have liked that with a quickness. People. A lot of people like that. A lot of people like that. It was I the think most that's successful actually our posted. brand. Our brand really has become yeah. us failing at doing the things that most people succeed at. You know, because yeah. we're 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 adults, but not on the inside. We're just children and adult bodies trying to figure this whole world out. And so we do a lot of embarrassing things that a lot of our friends believe they're above right. um but we're not you know we we love failing because i feel like in the failure you you, you learn something it's true and breaking for a minute to say business can be done from anywhere in the palm of your hand and at the source however you move your business forward with business platinum it's not about where you are it's about where you want to take your business next and nothing helps you like the resources and know-how of the business platinum card backed by the service and security of american express there are 120,000 unsolved murder cases in America. It was the next day that I found out from my parents what had happened, that my sister was killed. Each one is called a cold case. Sometimes you have to look really closely to find the evidence. Damn, I, I killed her. Damn it, I killed her. Cold Case Files, the podcast. Garcia is walking into the home of a real monster. I was nervous. I realized what kind of person I was dealing with. It's a goosebump moment. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details. U.S. only. And I think just like speaking generally about Clever and about digital is you are sort of touching upon this, but how much different it is, is that our viewers are the ones who make the content successful. Obviously, we're the ones working on it and working so hard to make something amazing. But if they like it, we know. If mm-hmm. they don't like it, we also know. So there's nothing more relatable than that. I mean, we really pride ourselves on being relatable at our core. That's a huge you know, word that we use when describing clever. And I think that's why people like us. Cause when you're watching something, you just want to see a part of yourself in it. You know, that ice cream video, who hasn't broken a fork every day of the week in food? I mean, yeah. I definitely might have I'm gonna, yesterday. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question and find, and, and find the ice cream video. If you just, <laughs> okay. I want to, I want to put really our like stamp it. of approval on it. <laughs> um, but, but while I do that, I tee up that video for you. Um, what you guys, I mean, with a quarter million followers, 
followers on social media, you must have people coming and knocking at the door like Mountain Dew or somebody and being like, hey, listen, we want to leverage that. Why don't you crack open a Sprite? In the middle of I mean, the we're available. Thing. Any brands who want to come work with us, you know, <laughs> definitely. You, right? I'm into it. I mean, here's the other thing, too, is there are brands that we kind of put a we put a line. We're like, okay, I won't cross this line into these types of brands because it's not really good for our audience or maybe it's not something that we want to represent. But right. for the most part, I mean, we're such consumers. Um, you know, we one of our hosts loves Dr. Pepper and we all love chilies and we're basics. We love Target. You know, we're kind of like the normal girl. Right. So any brand out there who wants to work with us oh, here more likely than not will say yes here's oh the, the video so you did not know that this was being shot no. you guys you need see? to go to Steve Goldblum's Instagram page and I <laughs> know you're playing? not seeing it, it right playing. now and you look, look so passionate he's so excited I don't know if he's ever <laughs> I lived I think his eyes just rolled backwards <laughs> he did I was going to a play rehearsal and I was coming from LAX and I had not eaten anything you could tell. And 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 when I was going to get ice cream but the, 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 the only problem was there was a huge line life. at the salt and straw. So I went and bought a pint and they keep them. T- so I Let me did just break tell that you, plastic you, d- you do not need to explain yourself no. to us, Listen. sir. I have so much respect okay. for you after watching this. Can, I really want to retweet this loop. after this interview we, because we'll, we'll I've, put that out this is fans. the most it's, relatable it's thing relatable. I've ever seen. I know. Very I know. proud of you for that. And we may have to trim this portion of the podcast down for my girlfriend. She does not like that video. We need to talk to her. Oh, Yeah. I'll put you guys in touch. Yeah. That'll be, that'll Link be us great. in an email. <laughs> Walk us through. I like changing the pace. I like it too. It's very powerful. It like was. Whatever you want. Yes. Yeah. We'll go there. Yes, sir. Let's walk. I like transition. <laughs> We've been working on authoritative uh, transition. Walk us through. Oh. A, a typical work day, like where you go, what you do. Wow. Well, each day. no day Jocelyn. is typical. No. We've been traveling actually a ton lately for a brand new show. We're getting ready to launch. Um, so we've been to three cities in the past three days, I feel like. Um, so no day is typical. But okay. on a more normal day, I would say Aaron and myself get there between the either 7 call time or 9 a.m. call time to work on the news portion of our brand because both of us are – we're the only – a couple of the only hosts who work across the board on personality mm-hmm. and the news brand. And so we work on news in the morning. And both of us produce different types of content for our news brand, which is traditional entertainment news. And then in the afternoons, we might be shooting one of our personality shows, like our food show cheat day or beauty break, our beauty show. Or going or, on a beauty trip, going out and trying new beauty treatments in mm-hmm. L.A. Or even shooting Facebook content, too. Our Facebook, for us. Our Facebook platform has grown so okay. much over the last year. We haven't even talked about Facebook, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. I mean, personally, Jaws and I, I don't think we really spend a lot of time on our own personal Facebook pages, but anyone's welcome to come follow us if they want but um but clever's facebook page has really really grown and we just did recently we went to coachella we we, i was at coachella you were weekend one what's that weekend Weekend one one or weekend two weekend two okay we missed you we were weekend one but we we filmed we wrote and filmed a rap video about the five types of girls you meet at coachella you with your bandana there you go you're almost unrecognizable you kind of look like criminals i know i know Bandit. Outside of Coachella, Coachella, I would be concerned. Um, But we did this video, Five Types of Girls You Meet at Coachella, and we all rapped, and a lot of us wrote our own you know, lyrics, lyrics you as you say, would say. Um, and on Facebook, it got 1.5 million shares. So, um, you know, our Facebook content's growing. We're doing a lot of comedy. We do a lot of beauty. And right. we kind of repurposed some of our YouTube videos for the Facebook audience because I like things a little bit differently there. Exactly what Aaron said. <laughs> and, on, on, and sometimes she and I will go out and do a press junket or interview celebrities. Yeah. Um, right. 
we're constantly launching new shows. So our days are primarily consumed with production, post-production. We're both on the development team where we're picking and choosing what shows we're going to try to get greenlit through our Defy process. Um, so all of the hats are being worn at all times. Mm-hmm. We're changing one from another. So that's what's exciting. That's personally what I think we both enjoy about right. working at Clever and and in general in digital because you kind of get to get your hands in everything. And Mm -hmm. if something's successful, you can be so proud of it. And if something fails, uh uh-oh, it's kind of on you. Mm -hmm. But that's exciting. And I think we thrive off of that. Yeah. When you're out somewhere like Coachella or anywhere else, I mean, because people do know you and they probably feel very close to you Mm -hmm. because they they know you really intimately well, we'll get to some of the videos that they've seen. But uh, is there a part of you that feels like you want to protect your space your privacy etc when you when you do meet the fans honestly that's very generous that you would think that we get bombarded by people every second of the day <laughs> honestly um we do get approached a couple of times a week on average but usually i found that our audience is super respectful they are a lot like us um they come up and they're quick and they want a photo and we chat for a brief moment and they kind of leave us to our lives you know and i that's been really refreshing i know that there are some youtubers out there who have have crazy fans who mm-hmm. stalk them and follow them. We haven't necessarily had that experience. Actually, the more someone stalks us on the internet, the closer we feel to them. And so I have a, a huge fan. Her name is Spread Aaron Love. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's is in this Chicago. I think it's yeah. yeah. Spread Aaron Love yeah, is her handle. It's her, it's her handle. handle, and she's in Chicago. And I almost met up with her in Chicago because she tweets me and messages me and does fan art all the time. I just felt this connection with her, so we embrace our fans. Um, because honestly, like how cool would it have been when you were growing up and, mm-hmm. you know, you could literally chat with Justin Timberlake on the internet. Like mm-hmm. that was something that never existed before. So I really kind of channel my inner fangirl when I was obsessed with Leonardo DiCaprio and remember how grateful I would have been if he would have just like looked in my direction. Mm-hmm. So I try to, I try to always be giving back to our fans. Although Earth Cafe here in Beverly Hills, I really can't go in there without makeup or looking a mess because I always see fans earth cafe i don't know what it is and they want to take a photo and then the photo gets put up and yeah right? but you know what we have so many ugly photos of ourselves like, up on yeah. the internet the worst thing and on the real the first thing i say to fans if you want to even call them that i feel like they're our friends when i meet them is thank you so much for keeping me employed yeah my landlord they always are. thinks my you. parents finally believe i went to college for a reason so thank you right because they're the ones making the call they're the ones watching if they don't like it it's not like yeah you traditional tv or away. movies back in the day where you're being funded by some pie in the sky or something like if they don't like us we're out i'm glad so, that your parents feel like you're doing something my there. dad's like when are you gonna get a real job oh really still <laughs> yeah it's so funny like jaws and i was uh, we were on a uh, dr oz recently talking about avocado yeah. toast and you know and that's a huge opportunity for the brand and we love avocado toast and dr oz and so it's great I, but my Amazing. dad was so upset that i forgot to tell him about it because i think in that moment, he would have been validated. Oh, like, right. my daughter's on television. television. Well, the Amazing Race, they must have been. Yeah, uh, yeah, they did. They validated. got really upset when we were eliminated. Like, yeah. almost didn't talk to me for a couple of weeks. So it's interesting trying to bridge that generation into this whole, like, millennial mindset and culture of, like, you can build a brand on the internet. You know, right. it's hard for old school fo- folks to get that. Yeah, I understand that. I actually went back to, uh, I used to live in Nova Scotia when I was younger, and I went back to. Nova Scotia. Um, I, went, I, I saw some guy in an airport that I had known when I was really, really little. And, and I've been out here, but we're in television or radio, anything, you know, like for these brands and networks. And he goes, 
don't you have a blog or something? And you're like, wow, thank you so much. And it all came so just much. down and boiled down to like a blog or something. Right, I was like, like it was yeah. nothing. Yeah, I guess so. I guess <laughs> it is that's very true. Yeah, people just yeah, you realize you know, nobody really cares. Uh, but uh, let me ask you this. Okay. Um, partnerships mm-hmm. is a big thing. Like we see this on podcasts now. Everybody wants mm-hmm. to promote their stuff on another podcast. And they say, if you like this podcast, you'll like this podcast. So I noticed you on OMG did a collaborate. The OMG, the name of another channel, I'm assuming. Oh, was it OMG? Uh, Mr. Kate? Oh, OMG, your, your, we're coming over. Your studio Mr. apartment Kate. was being transformed exactly. into like this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. collaborations. Pad. So yes, collaborations on YouTube mm-hmm. are a huge thing, and I do recommend that people starting out or wanting to grow their channels do them because it's a great way to introduce Mr. Kate, whose channel that was featured on. She redid my apartment. I love it so much. Um, still your apartment today? Still there? Still it there? Feels odd because now I've seen it. I well, saw I live from just yeah. a few blocks from here, right. so stop by for drinks if mm-hmm. you'd like. Um, that was already an organic relationship because she and I are friends. And I would recommend, yes, collaborations, huge. People should do them, but they should only do them authentically. There's nothing more disconcerting than watching a video that, you know, two agents just set up. Like, you guys collab. It's like a blind date. And yeah. it, it feels very disingenuous and unauthentic. But if you do a collaboration where the timing is right, where the friendship is right, where it actually makes sense, it can be so powerful because Mr. Kate can hopefully get thousands of followers, hopefully some of her followers that, you know, like the same sorts of things that we do will start following us. And I think it's a great way to introduce people to new audiences. Yeah, expand yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, here's, here's a little glimpse of that episode, by the way, with the Studio Apartment Design Challenge. I was just in a rush to move. Like, I needed to move ASAP. Like, I thought, like, oh, I'm going to find this, like, huge, perfect apartment. And when I saw the building and the view is amazing. The view is amazing. But it's still really weird, like, the idea of someone walking into your house and being like, welcome to my bedroom. Like, I'm not about that life. We got to fit her bedroom, her dining room, and her living room in this small apartment. You want to entertain in your bedroom. But not, not I don't want people to know. You just keep that, the closet door closed and make people think that's your bedroom? Yeah. yeah. It's over there. And they just right. think that that's, like, your portal to another land. Exactly. And then we just played it. Great! The, um, Aaron on uh, <laughs> transitions. Wow, I love it. You're really committed. <laughs> I just, I feel, I'll just do it. Like, it's almost hypnotizing. Yeah, Aaron, listen. Yes. The, uh, mm-hmm. the It Got Real series. Yes. You, here's some of the titles. Aaron's Bleeding and uh-huh. in Pain. Yeah. Aaron's OBGYN Exam. Uh-huh. Uh, can Aaron Get Pregnant? Uh-huh. These are episodes that uh-huh. you have. So tell me about this series and, and how comfortable you were yeah. Sharing that information. It's definitely one of the hardest things I've ever done. I mean, we were on The Amazing Race and we had cameras in our faces 24-7. Um, but this was kind of like a new level of intimacy on a platform that I've ever experienced. Um, I was diagnosed with fibroids, which are tumors in your uterus. And the options for women to treat these things are very invasive, very bloody, um, kind of high-risk-ish surgeries. And so um, I found a doctor in Beverly Hills who's doing this, like, brand-new, minimally invasive state-of-the-art procedure that would allow me to actually get back to work. I was actually, after surgery, I was back to work six days later on a shoot on location. And so um, once I realized that I had these things and I needed to get them treated, mostly because I hadn't been to the doctor in almost four years, which is horrible because we're 
busy and that was the excuse that I made up in my head. So when all of this kind of happened, I decided I'd go to Clever and see if there was a way that we could partner and do something in a women's health initiative, something that we're all really passionate about, I think, because most of our audience is their, their women who are watching. And so um, Clever and Defy were so supportive. They said, yes, we'll pay for it. We'll do a five-episode series, but we want it to be different. We want it to feel different. And so I hired an all-female production team right. to come in, um, and they filmed everything. They went into the OBGYN with me, the f- and they also went into my surgery room and were there for three and a half hours filming. Um, so we put together this series and in hopes of really encouraging women to go see their doctors, ask specific questions, and also 70% of all women have what I had. So there's a lot of women who are watching who could really glean a lot of, a lot of information from that experience. And honestly, the comment section and the engagement that I've received has been insane. Um thousands and thousands of people, thousands of emails of women saying, I'm not going through exactly what you're going through, but something similar, or my mom's going through it, or my sister's going through it. And it's been so fulfilling for me to be on a platform with millions of people watching, to be able to actually impact them in in a deep and meaningful way. Um, And I love the other content that we do, and it's so fun. And for the most part, we want people to come to us to escape what they're going through. But I think this was just a moment in time for us to create content that was a little bit, a little bit more serious and a little bit deeper. And I'm, you know, no one gets excited when they're diagnosed with something, but I do feel like it was almost a blessing in in disguise that I was able to walk through this so that I could actually help other people too. And, and how has your family responded to that? Uh, um, honestly, video? I don't even know if they've even watched it. Do oh, they know on. about it? Your parents? Yeah, no, I do. saw. They only cared about the surgery. I sent them the surgery video. My dad doesn't even know how to check his email, okay. so they're like, I mean, they're from the middle of nowhere in North Carolina. <laughs> like they had dial up until maybe like six years ago. Yeah. Um, so, but they've been really supportive of me doing it. Um, well, you know, and your husband is and like yeah, all your over partner, the, how, the your husband, how does Oh that? my gosh, he. Oh, it's been so great. He's actually gotten a lot of followers himself he's on, in the video some of the he videos. is yeah he is and you were annoyed that he was asking you questions when you only were under the, when i was under the influence of anesthesia, anesthesia. Yeah. no i did anesthesia actually sucks by the way i never like I, I would never be able to get a boob job or anything like that mm-hmm. because i just I didn't do it didn't do well <laughs> but um yeah my husband was in the show which he's an attorney he's not talent so i mean it was literally cameras were in my house at like 4 30 in the morning filming us getting up so it was very real. Is it difficult for him ever to say someone so intimately involved in your life to see ever say like you're not like maybe Friday night I don't want to no filming. Yeah, weekend. but so funny he went to film school, so he gets it. He's worked on a lot of sets before. So luckily for me, he's a very understanding guy. Um, but at the end of the day, at you know, nine o'clock when the crew's leaving our house, he would look at me and go. How do you do this every day? This <laughs> is exhausting. So I, I think he's, I don't know, had a new level of appreciation for what I do through it. Well, where do we want to go from here? What do you? Oh, uh, that's you the question of doing the hour. Well, that's the that interesting like thing. Doing? And I think you know, so clever was traditionally built on the idea of you know we're creating entertainment news for this unserved demographic. Great. We're the number one entertainment news outlet on YouTube. What do we do next? We segue and pivot into personality content where our talent are the personalities. That's going really well. And I think at the beginning of 2017 when we all came back, 
I think a lot of us sort of were in this space of having this realization of like, wow, I do have a lot of followers on social media. Wow, Clever is doing really well. We, we're growing so quickly. What are we doing that's positive, that's affecting the world in a bigger, better way? We have this big voice and we have this big opportunity to do something positive. And I do think, like Aaron said, people come to us to escape and to have fun. And I think our content is really driven by this idea of what we stand for as a brand is do you be you with us, whoever that is, whatever that is, this is a safe space to just have fun and be yourself with us. Cause that's what we're doing. And I think Erin's series that she produced was our first step into really creating a series that was different one, but also meaningfully trying to help people in a way that can't be denied. And I think that's something that we really want to start pushing more into and leaning more into in the coming years is that we really want to maybe talk about things that are more serious because we are showcasing our lives and our lives aren't always the prettiest, you know, sometimes not the best things happen to everyone. And so how do we embrace that? How do we share stories in a way that helps people and entertains them? Because that's obviously a huge priority too. Yeah, it can't all be like sad stuff. You know, you can still have positive takeaways um, when you're going through something serious. Well, you must have people coming up to you proposing ideas that you don't feel connected to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it yeah. happens all the time. Some yeah, we people... do development meetings all the time where even people who we know and love well, they'll pitch ideas and we'll just think about it and go, mm, maybe not now or maybe that's something we could do later. But, but well, that's you... also the go beauty ahead. of us being, you know, producers and having, you know, that level of respect at our company is, is that we know our audience and we're the ones who know what they like. We're the creators at the core. And so if we tell someone at our company, like, or whoever, whether it's a man on the street, our audience isn't going to like that. And I've pretty much just gotten to the point to where I am pretty honest with people. Like, I don't think that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I have to be honest with people. People respect us. So that's really another great, you know, thing behind working at Defy. It's a great company where people do respect our input. Sometimes we do have to collaborate or you know we understand it's a business so do are we obsessed with every single video not always but i think generally speaking yes yeah i have a question because um i know that i'm a self-deprecating humor i've heard you know i love that i love it but i don't like being made fun of that much it's interesting. People uh, who are self-deprecating you can do it, don't. But people can't yeah, do it too. There's a control yeah. thing where people who are self-deprecating they don't necessarily want to be teased. That's why they're self-deprecating. Right. Ugh, like you're already doing the work. You're doing so it like, so that yeah. it doesn't happen. Exactly. And I'm curious when you're sharing stuff. Like I get that there's a trend of of, of sharing stuff about yourself, but when you're sharing something about yourself, mm-hmm. like your series mm-hmm. and the surgery that you went mm-hmm. through. That's a choice that you're making. Mm-hmm. What does it feel like when someone comes up and they're like, you know what we want you to do? We want you to – and they tell you to share something about yourself. Mm. How does that make you feel? Yeah, I think there was maybe – I mean predominantly the comment section of that series was so ridiculously positive. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before on any YouTube video that we've ever done. Um, there was like one comment that was like, uh, she's like putting her body out there for views. Like, you know, she's using this as a opportunity to make money. Um, you know, sometimes there are haters in the world. I mean, that's just the reality of being on YouTube. Um, I think you become really thick skinned after a while because honestly, not everybody's going to like you. And that's 
just something that you have to digest as a creator that there are going to be people who do not like you. And that is okay because the positive comments are so much more overwhelming than the few negative comments. And honestly, people are more incentivized to comment when they don't like you than they are when they do. There's a show that Jocelyn talked about. It's called Cheat Day. It's our food show, and I'm a super picky eater, and I don't love it sometimes because it's such hard. It's like you eat some really <laughs> tough things. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times the comments are like, Erin's so annoying. She doesn't like this food. And anytime I go to a meetup and actually meet fans, they're like, I love you on cheat day. And I'm like, where are you in the comments? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you yeah, not right, commenting? Right. But it's because people who love what you're doing sometimes don't comment. And so Also, like, I have no problem sometimes commenting back at these people if I feel like they're too vile mm-hmm. and, and say, like either A, you need to watch yourself or B, if someone says like, I can't stand Jocelyn, I'll be like, yeah, me neither. She's so annoying. Immediately they're like backtracking. I love you so much. I was just, I was just kidding. kidding. I just want to, because the I thing in is, a bad mood. is that, you know, <laughs> we're adults, we can handle it. And honestly, it rolls right off my back. The problem I have is that our audience is 13 to 24. Some of them can't handle it. And so I don't think it's okay. So that's why I occasionally step in and say something because the idea that those people could be doing something to a teenager out there is sickening. But beyond that, I'm just like, whatever. Again, not everybody's going to like you. Like, yeah, you got to move on. So it's it's safe to say that you do read the comments. Definitely. Oh, my favorite comment ever of all time is someone tried to call me dumb and they said, Aaron is so dump. (laughs) I was like, dump. Okay. Spelling error. (laughs) The um, what was I going to say now? I mean, when people are commenting, uh, that does mean people are seeing your video. Like, I find if you get negative comments, usually that just means a large number. I mean, of you're no one until it, you right? have haters. Yeah, I tell you, that's what our boss tells us all the time. So get excited when people are hating on you. I'm like, you watched a whole 10 minute long video just to tell me how much you hate me. Thanks for the view, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for the engagement. <laughs> I think we're going to wrap it up. I want to make sure. But we're having so much fun. I know. We need to go live again. Did you learn a lot today? We learned a lot. <laughs> I've done all lot. of it. I'm going to share the ice cream video with you. Please. Oh, yes. I want to retweet it. We'll retweet it. We will collaborate in the future. Definitely. Yes. I'm glad that we were able to do this in real life. Same. And thank you for coming in. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. Can't wait to follow you in all the social media. Social media. Social media. Oh, my God. Bye. <laughs> He's like, kill me now. (laughs) It's important. That's it for this episode of Forbes Under 30. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to us with a comment or question, please do so at under 30. That's the number 30 at podcast1.com. Hey, everybody. Podcast One has a new app where you can find out everything about your favorite shows, including articles, social media, and behind-the-scenes photos. There is no other podcast app like this. Download the all-new Podcast One app now in the App Store or on Google Play. Hey, everyone. It's Caitlin Bristow. You can listen to my show, Off the Vine, with Caitlin Bristow every Tuesday on Podcast One. Hear me take on taboo topics and unfiltered advice. I'll also be dishing with some amazing celebrities. Oh, and did I mention there'll be wine? So grab a glass and join me every Tuesday on PodcastOne.com, the new Podcast One app, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our Spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our Spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. At the border. 
I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.